Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered Podcast with me, Ariana Dunn. This is the podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, solo pursuits of passion, or solo adventuring. This is not about living a lonely life, this is about living the most full life on your terms. I have had the pleasure of recording this series of episodes over the last few weeks, interviewing some incredible guests all about their solo experiences. We have chosen not to release the podcast in the order in which they were recorded. Um, We have chosen to release this episode with my guest Connor Clear because we felt he really epitomized what this solo pirate podcast is all about. We make reference to other guests during this podcast, which we look forward to you hearing from as we release each episode on a Friday weekly. And we hope that you tune in, download, listen and learn from my guest experiences. So thank you so much for tuning in and please enjoy this first episode with my guest, Connor Clear. So we've talked about solo travel quite a bit on this podcast already, um, but it's certainly a buzzword of 2023. I think post-pandemic, people are realising that we could be plunged into another lockdown at any time. Please God, not very soon, but you never know. There might come a time when we are trapped inside again. And I think people are really um, wanting to explore and travel and go to as many different places as they possibly can. There has been a 791% increase in Google searches for solo travel this year alone. Um, And some interesting statistics I have here from the solo travel Traveller World websites um, talks about why people want to go travelling. So 74% said they want to see the world and they don't want to wait for others, which is exactly what this podcast is all about. 63% said they uh, want to do what they want when they want. 52% said they like the feeling of freedom and independence. 42% want to meet new people. 36% are doing it for personal growth. 40% have different interests from their friends and just 11% said that their partner doesn't want to do as travel as much as they do. Um, A lot of people are looking at solo traveling independently, so going out on their own, 73%, while 50% are doing it as part of a group, which is always a really good uh, first step to take if solo travel is something that you're thinking about. So maybe you were listening to that and thinking that you too want to go on a solo adventure. Well, my next guest, who we've talked about several times already on this podcast, because Connor, clear, just epitomizes exactly what this podcast is about. So this is going to be a bit of a long intro, but he has just returned fresh off the boat from an expedition to the Antarctica, one of the coldest and starkest places on earth. It is often the intrepid explorer's most elusive destination, and I am so excited to hear all about his travels. Connor is a good friend of mine, and I haven't seen him. This is my first time seeing him since he's been back, even though I've been following along with great interest on his fabulous Instagram stories. Not only is he a trepid explorer, but Connor is an actor and is currently in rehearsals to star in a one-man play written by Amanda Brunker called How to Leave Your Husband as part of the Gay Theatre Facts Festival. So we're going to chat about that as he plans on taking to the stage solo very, very soon. 
Now, don't adjust your sets. You may recognise Connor's dulcet tones as he was the TV3 slash Virgin Media trusted weatherman for many years. Um, and he's also a broadcaster on radio um, a ra- and a radio presenter as well. Um, so he's an adventurer, an actor, a presenter, all around talented person. But he's also a fellow celebrant like me. So my mother often says that we come into this world alone and we leave this world alone, which is a motto of us soloers. And Connor is quite the expert on life and death as he performs everything from baby naming ceremonies celebrating birth uh, right through to extraordinary funerals that Connor performs with incredible grace and poise. He also has his own podcast called Celebration Sessions, which I've been a guest on, so you must listen to that as well. And I'm really excited to have him here. And lastly, finally, before we introduce him, he's also happily single. And I'm excited to chat to him about our shared beliefs that single people should have their achievements celebrated as just just as much as those that are in couples. So, Cassie, I hope you've pressed record. This is going to be a long and very interesting episode. Connor, you are most welcome. Hello. Oh, my <laughs> word. What an introduction. I have never in my life been called an adventurer. <laughs> I've never. Uh, so that's lovely. <laughs> well, you certainly are, man. You've been to the furthest place away that I've, of anyone I've ever known. Do you know what's really funny? While I was away, uh, somebody took a picture of me. I, I asked them to take a picture and we were joking and I said oh, it wasn't the paparazzi you asked them <laughs> I said hey would, would you get a picture and they took the picture and I looked at it and I went oh I said that's a lovely picture um, and I joked I said god I could put that on my Tinder I could put that on my dating profile now and he went yeah you can say you're outdoorsy <laughs> and I was like <laughs> Yeah, that's not something I could ever, ever claim in the past. Well, we've it's been on a few wild. treks together, a few hikes. So this is true. You yeah, are, you are quite true. outdoorsy, can I definitely add that to your, <laughs> to your, um, to your, your Tinder profile. Um, yeah. So I mean, gosh, like you know, Scott Amundsen, Shackleton, <laughs> Clear. We now add to that long list. Um, okay, before you crack into the Antarctic, just like tell everyone, tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Maybe you're very career before kind of going solo yourself as into the, the sort of the business world so just oh my word where do I start so yeah I mean look my background obviously is uh tv uh media radio I spent 15 years working with tv3 as it was called then and I I was with them for a while while they were virgin media um and I think after 15 years 15 years doing the same thing Every day. There's only so many times you can say, well, next up, it's Coronation Street. <laughs> you know, there's only so many times. And even doing the weather, like Irish weather is so, you know, it's like sunny spells and scattered showers. <laughs> you know, 15 years of that was like, okay, enough is enough. So I was very fortunate that I was able to, you know, leave and leave in good terms. And um, so we were able to do that. But at that stage, I'd been moving into the wedding landscape the yes. wedding market as a celebrant which I was loving um and I had a good year at that um after I left TV3 or Virgin as it's still I, listen can we just decide I'm still calling it TV3 <laughs> can, can we just yeah no problem <laughs> I'm not going to keep just like myself the, the Point Depot and <laughs> Sand Road I, it will exactly, always be TV3 to me exactly, as well exactly exactly <laughs> fruit pastilles anyway um so yeah so I had a good year at that busy out and then March 2020 happened and I was like, oh, my word. So, you know, got a bit of a fright. But look, I always think the universe is like this crazy pinball machine that just flips you in new directions sometimes. Mm. Um, and I got a call from a friend to do a funeral. 
and I did it. And I just realised how special it was and how lovely it was. And uh, so I went back and I retrained as a funeral celebrant. And that's what I've been doing professionally now since 2020. And I have never looked back. I love it so much. It's so special. I came today to record this from, from a funeral of a beautiful soul and a lovely family. And it was just really special to hold that space with them. Um yeah, so I'm really energized by that. But look, like that, that would have been a a, a, a career move that you do solo. Yeah. Like, because you're not applying for a job, you're yeah. self-employed and you have to go out and hustle and you have to get yourself out of bed and you have to motivate yourself. Um, so there's been that. And yes, within the context of the podcast, through all of this, I have been confidently and happily, uh, happily single. Yeah. <laughs> <as well. laughs> and that's not an ad. I'm not using this as a date platform. <laughs> well, you know, you are outdoorsy. So when you add this to your profile as well. Um, okay. Amazing. Okay. So where do, I mean, I might just, before we talk about the Antarctica and the solo adventure, just on that kind of point of the funerals, I witnessed you performing a funeral um, for the, the mother of a friend of ours. And Indeed. you were so, um, so wonderful and like I said with my mum's whole idea of coming coming into this world alone and leaving the world alone I mean what is that like in terms of you know sort of that that experience of of holding that space for people as they sort of say goodbye to that soul that goes off into wherever it goes off into I know and it's really hard to articulate because for a long time for a long time actually when I was doing well sorry not for a long time what stopped me moving into the funeral landscape for a long time and staying with weddings. I was like, oh, no, I love doing the weddings and I love the joy of of the weddings. Really, I was just intimidated by the idea of having to pick up the phone to a family. You know, you Mm. get the call from a funeral director and then you have to ring a family and say, hello, Mm. my name's Connor Clear and I'm your funeral celebrant. Mm. Um, and, And then the next step after that is then to arrive at their door and knock on the door. And I found that really intimidating and it put me off for a long time. Uh, and it's the idea that if I was going to be booked for a funeral, that it would be for somebody my age or younger. Yeah. So invariably, I would be walking into a tragic situation or, you know, you could be looking at a sudden death or something and, really shocking. And, and you were thinking that because people who maybe don't want to go down the traditional church funeral route might be younger in terms of their beliefs. And absolutely. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that in itself, I found really intimidating. But, but actually, the reality has been very different. Um, and I would do an awful lot of funerals for what you might consider to be older people, you know, 70, 80, 90, real celebrations uh, of life. But actually, and my point is, the, the reason I say that is because I learned very quickly that as an independent celebrant, you can create something very personal for, for a family. And actually, the situation I found myself in is now I go to people's homes mm. with this little gift and I'm going to give them this little special funeral where their loved one is at the centre of, of the whole celebration of this the whole occasion. It's not always a celebration, you know, but um, they're at the centre of it. If they want to include prayers, if they want to do anything. This sounds like an ad. I'm not doing an ad. But, but I'm just saying <laughs> what I mean is, you know, I learned very quickly that this is a beautiful little gift. Yeah. Um, so that really gave me the confidence. And now, if this doesn't sound weird... When I get the call from a funeral director, I actually really look forward now Mm. 
to going into to people's homes because you know you're 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 coming with this mm. um, service that, that that you're going to give them, and very often you'll arrive into their homes and they're you know they don't know how this process is going to go so they're uptight and you can see the shoulders go and, and they'll ask questions like you know if you know we want to play Frank Sinatra so can we have if, if we have a hymn can we have Frank Sinatra and I say you can have you can Frank have it Sinatra. your way yeah you, you can. <laughs> my way sorry well, no, my job <laughs> but you know you, you 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 don't have to haggle you can literally pun intended you can have it your way and what's really lovely is you see the shoulders go down mm. and you see them relax and it wouldn't be uncommon for for family members to say they say oh we hope this doesn't sound weird but we're actually looking forward to this now in a few mm. days and mm. that's just it's so beautiful so I, I think sorry I'm, I'm waffling on but to, to answer your question I think it's the confidence of knowing what you know what you're giving to this family yeah. just allows you to to, to to create that space you know and celebrate that person's life and you know I mean my father passed away 16 years ago and he was not religious at all and he would have loved to have a, a non-secular um, funeral and it mm. just kind of wasn't really an option at the time and you know I, we would have loved to have played Frank Sinatra he loved Frank Sinatra and you know we couldn't do any of that in the in the, in the funeral but his, his funeral was an absolute celebration and people were yeah. laughing and you know it was so it, it's just like I say this whole idea of kind of coming into this world alone leaving this world alone it's definitely something that is becoming much more popular and I as a celebrant myself I don't perform funerals I've done some memorial services I do weddings baby naming ceremonies mm. but I've been reached out to a lot by a lot of people asking about like how to become a celebrant so you trained with the IOC just as I did the international um yeah the Irish Institute of Celebrants yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and listen a, a wonderful organization yeah I, I never look back and I got on really well and and I've done done really well out of it. It's really interesting that the landscape is changing so much as well, that there's now so many other uh, options as well. I'd speak really highly of the IIOC. Um, but, you know, out of fairness, I have yeah. to say, there are lots of other, you know, wonderful organisations. Yeah. So a quick Google search will will send you in, in, yeah. in the right direction. It's, but it's a beautiful thing to do. It is a beautiful thing to do. And it's lovely to be part of someone's special day or significant day yeah, in your case yeah, as yeah. well it is very much a solo job you know it is you standing up in front of hundreds of people <laughs> and performing essentially and so you know it, what actually within the context of this podcast it is actually very solitary sometimes and even in that moment when you stand at the top you know very okay by chance you might you may possibly know somebody in in amongst the amongst the guests mm. amongst the people that are present but nine out of ten times you don't know anyone there mm. they're not your friends they're not your family mm. and you're just going to stand up <laughs> and conduct a funeral mm. you know um and sometimes it, it can feel you know quite I'm not going to say lonely because that has a negative mm. connotation to it, but certainly very solitary. Mm. I'm on my own. Now, you do have, uh, I work with wonderful funeral directors and funeral homes. Mm. They're very rarely in the room. They stand outside and, you know, they're, mm. they're outside. The, each crematorium and each venue has its own staff, but mm. they're behind the scenes as well. So they're not there. Mm. So once the coffin arrives in and the music starts playing, 
and it's and, and I will say it's it's very similar with theater as well. Once the music start, once the show has started, yeah. <laughs> well, it there's is no going back. But it is like you know? being on stage. I mean, you know, uh, with the wedding or with the funeral. I mean, everyone is looking at you. You are in control. There is an, an a, enormous amount of confidence that has to come with with that because you know everybody looks to you to be like, now what? <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's quite powerful as well as solitaire. Okay, so wonderful um, to hear all about that. Now, look, Antarctica, tell us, what, had you done much solo traveling kind of before this? I had done bits. Now, here's the thing. I am a little bit of a, what's the phrase, like a poem boy. That sounds weird. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, so I do love travel, whereas like I have fr- who am I talking to? You yourself <laughs> took time out. You did months yeah, away from almost home. Almost a year, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so I really have only ever done, like, you know, a fortnight. Yeah. You know, max three weeks. On my, and, I, and I know, I know myself, that's the point where I go. And it's not out of loneliness. It's not out of anything. It's just the fact that it's like, right, now it's time to go home. So I've never done huge travel where I take months out or I've never and, and I loved what you did and I probably would like to maybe try that yeah. sometimes but certainly I think where I am I think where I am professionally at the moment I just want to be in the country and you know yeah. you know whatever but I've certainly traveled and gone on holidays on my own and taken that time um which oh my god I think everyone has. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone should do it I think it I think it should be a rite of passage to to take some time out and travel on your own. It is the most valuable thing you can do in life. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I 100% agree. And so, I mean, the first kind of, I don't know how I missed this in all of our catch-ups, but I didn't, the first I heard about your trip to Antarctica was when you were, ironically enough, dressed as Captain Hook uh, <laughs> instead of Captain Cook uh, uh, from the performance that you had in the Dublin Panto recently. And uh, you told me after that that you were heading to Antarctica. So, like, has this been something that you wanted always wanted to do like how did it come about uh here's the truth it's not something i've always wanted to do <laughs> i but actually funny enough after i left tv3 uh i just after that 15 years i just needed to kind of decompress and i actually told my mother that because her bucket list included the norwegian fjords okay i said ma'am i'm gonna bring you to the norwegian fjords so we came across this company this is not an ad I'm not affiliated with anyone. I've just fallen in love with this company. So this is just me. Just So they're a Norwegian uh, cruise line. They're called Hurtigruten. Yeah. And we went to the Norwegian fjords and it was the most wonderful experience. It was, it was just wild. And we sailed right up across the Northern Cape um, of, of, of Norway. And the ship um, was called, it's now, they've renamed it. It's now called the Maud. It was the Midnight Sol at the time. Um, but it, probably had a capacity of around about 500 people so it was that type of size it wasn't a gigantic cruise ship which meant it could go in and out of an awful lot of the fjords so what we saw was just crazy stuff so when i came home not only did i want to travel with hurty gruten again they had released a new ship that year they'd launched a new ship that year and called the roald abinson Named after the first person to reach the South Pole, Roald Amundsen. And it's this, and honestly, it is the coolest ship in the seas. It really is. It's like this hybrid ship. Um, It's designed to sail 
Arctic and Antarctic waters. Um, and it's super modern. And I said, I want to get on that ship. So then when I started looking at the website, so this is only 2019. Yeah. So it's not this lifelong dream that I had. It's just 2019. I looked at the website and I went, oh, they actually sail to Antarctica. That's mad. You can go there. Hmm, okay. <laughs> so I think it was just the cross between turning 40, surviving a pandemic, mm. and working in the funeral landscape that I just went, I'm just doing this. Wow. I'm just booking it. And I was very lucky that I was able to just move finances around and make it work, blah, blah, blah. Um, but no, it wasn't a lifelong dream. It was a dream of mine since 2019 to not only see this insane place that, you know, we don't all get to see, but also to travel on the ship as well. That was part of the, yeah. the thing for me. So, you know, you obviously, you talked about the expense. It is it's an expensive trip, shall we say. But I mean, you know, if you can make it work and you're able to, to do it, would you say it's worth every penny? I would. It's absolutely worth every penny. I was thinking about this. Um, look, there's no beating around the bush. Of course, it is expensive. And I'm look, I'm very lucky that I was able to do it. Um but a lot of the competitors for this company would be twice the price. Mm. Now, if I had have paid twice the price for what I paid first and come home, I think I still would have went, yeah, that was great value. Mm. I, I just, I'm looking back now over the last three, four weeks kind of going, did that really happen? <laughs> did that really happen? Like, I'm, I'm still, I still go into my gallery and just look at pictures mm. on my phone and go... Oh my god! I I was there. I saw that. That's it's unbelievable. Wild. I feel like I was there with you from the stories. <laughs> but so tell us about the trip. And so you visited South America first, right? So that was the, the the kind of the route. Yeah, exactly. So I flew from Buenos Aires, which meant I had to get myself to, to Buenos Aires first. So I tacked <laughs> on a few days there, as you do. Um, if anyone wants to find anything very interesting about Ava Peron, please follow <laughs> Connor's stories. <laughs> it was like a history lesson that we had and and one specific drunk history lesson and it's so funny because I know Instagram is like this short form content but after a couple of glasses of wine I sat down with this story which is a wild story I'm certainly not getting into it now in this podcast (laughs) um, about Ava Prawn's remains and what happened after she died but it was like 20 minutes on Instagram which is a long time (laughs) so thank you to anyone who made it to the end of that fair play to you Um, but no yeah I had a lovely few days Buenos Aires is a cool place like it's such a cool city a bit rough around the edges now but it's but it's a real city and there's a great energy to it and and I thought like you know the people are lovely funnily enough the, the first few days I just said I'm taking it easy. I'm not doing anything wild. I'm not jam packing loads of stuff into this Mm. because a little part of me was, I didn't know if they were going to COVID test me on the key Mm. because they had been doing that up until recently. And if you test positive, you're not getting on that ship. So actually a lot of what I was doing was just, you know, quite solo. Absolutely solo, solo and outdoors. Nice meals. Absolutely. Some really nice meals. Yeah. Um, so it just meant I got to the ship with a little bit of peace of mind, knowing that I was going to get on. And they never even tested me anyway, getting on the boat, which, right. was, which was fine. Wow. So it was all good. So um, I know in some of your stories, you were kind of uh, showcasing the, the ship and it always looked like there wasn't many people on it. But you were saying you were kind of embarrassed about doing it with people <laughs> around. True. So like, I am still a bit like none the wiser about how many people were on the ship. Like, is it was it quite sparse? Was there many people doing it as well? No, it had a capacity of under 500 people. Okay. So basically ships that have more 
than 500 people. So a lot of cruise companies will advertise Antarctica. Um, but if you're on a ship that has more than 500 people, you just sail past. You don't disembark. So our ship had a capacity, a max capacity of 500 people. Ha- I-, I know from chatting to the staff, we think there were about maybe 380 on board. Right. So, so it was a nice number that it, you know, it wasn't jam-packed. It wasn't crowded. But, you know, you got to see the same faces and you got to know people yes. you know um and so the it certainly wasn't like a a cruise like a booze cruise or anything like that it looked like there was a lot of sort of learning and or no oh, am i wrong no absolutely no you're dead right yeah yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's really funny like when i tell friends uh, because they're like oh well you know were there shows on the ship or was there a casino there was no like robot making cocktails or anything none no. of that. There were, like a slide going off the side there was none of that and actually when i tell friends and it's so i don't know i probably i am a nerd i am a nerd <laughs> I just didn't realize how much of a nerd that, that, that I am. It turns out I'm quite the nerd. But um, so in place of like theaters and casinos and bingo halls, whatever you have on, on the big cruise ships, like there's a science center yeah. um, and there's like a lecture kind of theater as well. So what we were doing was there were, and, and to be fair, my word, it was so interesting. There'd be talks going on all day about what you might, be likely to see over, over the coming days so i went to talks by experts by the way the expedition team are all like experts in what they're talking about and you know they're between we had glaciologists is that the word wow. um we had ornithologists talking about bird we had marine experts so whether you're talking about like the geography and the topography of what you're going to see and glaciers um we went to some really cool talks about like chasing ice um talks about penguins <laughs> uh whales seals wow um you know and then and then there were one or two historians on board as well so yes yeah, so we would have learned about like Roald Abmanson and the race to the north pole with Fridtjof Nansen and then obviously the race to the south pole as well and the age of explorers and wow. I, I mean I I loved it I loved it. I would certainly love to do something different like a celebrity cruise or royal caribbean but for what this is and again, again, it's not an ad. You know, I'm just like a happy customer. That's all. But if Hertie Gruden would like to sponsor this episode. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Let me know. I'd love to travel with you again. But yeah, but, but look, uh, so, so that's, that was the entertainment uh, on board. And then, so what, so for example, then the other thing that you could do is, you know, I'd be on deck and you'd be taking photographs and you might capture a picture of a bird mm. or you might capture a picture of, you know, something in the sea and you could bring it down to the science centre and show the experts and you'd be like, what What have I just captured? And they'd be like, well, that's actually a light-mantled sooty albatross. <laughs> well, I was, just so, I was just about to say, so there were, like, in order to get off the ship and visit the... Antarctica, uh, visit the land, shall I say. There was lots of special groups and there were kind of whales and seals and all kinds of very cool animals. And what were you there? Kind yes. Of? So like that, I mean, I could have been a polar bear. I could have been a, you know, an orca whale, like or a humpback whale. It was it was literally just a way of just grouping you together to organise you off the ship as, 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 as you do landings every day. So I found out that I was a light-mantled sooty albatross and i remember just being like oh man like come on it sounds so you know but so i started looking them up and like so the the wider species of albatross it turns out are 
and actually I'm going to use the word kick ass. <laughs> yeah. They are kind of amazing. Yeah. They can fly for like four years without ever touching ground. Um, they can sleep while they fly. They're like they're these amazing creatures. They they've the largest wingspan. Yep. They're amazing. The light-mantled sooty albatross, <laughs> however, is a different kettle of fish, um, no pun intended, but um, they are very awkward and ungainly. Uh, they, I googled a picture of them. I was like, they are kind of crazy looking. I was like, yeah, okay, that's me. But I'll give you a laugh. Like, So what happened was, and look, even as we talk about solo travel, like I signed up for this trip, you know, been on a ship for like two weeks, Going, you know what, if I have dinner every night on my own, that's totally cool. I'm down with this and, you know, that's absolutely fine. And this is a solo trip. Um, and, you know, I never officially invited friends. Friends did say we'd love to go. And I was like, if you want to come, you want to come, come by all means. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I never invited anyone and it was, you know, a solo trip. But invariably, when you're on board... You're making friends. Yeah, of course. Of course you're meeting people. And I ended up actually making a great group of friends. Um, and I ended up having dinner with them, I think, pretty much, with one or two exceptions, every night. Yeah. And actually, we used to sit at the, the, uh, the captain's table. We got to sit... Because there were of seven of us... Of course you did, Connor. Well, because <laughs> there were seven of us, the only table that could fit seven of, uh, seven of us together was the captain's table. But actually, now, it's only a gimmick. Do you know what I mean? It was only just a big table that had captain's table. I've never seen any staff sitting at it. But it was really funny because it had that on it. You could see... or We were at it every night and you could see other passengers looking at us going... Are they going to hug that every night? Do we get a shot at the captain's table? Um, but where I was going with that was, the moral of the story is, you know, I made friends and they were in a different group. So after a few days, I was like, oh, come here, I might just, I'm just going to skip ahead and go and join your group. So they'd be calling all the groups and I'd be joining like the humpback whales. And then some of my sooty albatross friends were like, oh, we didn't see you today. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> So they were slagging me, kind of going, you're like, they were, they were saying, you're like a little butterfly just going from group wow. to group. I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And were there lots of other solo people on the ship as well? Interesting. There were. Yeah. Um, there were. It was really interesting um, because by the end of it, by the end of the two weeks, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about it within the, the context of what we were going to be talking about today. Like, again, I signed up for this trip with no expectations of ever hanging out with anyone. If it happened, it happened. But it certainly wasn't, you know, an active part of my plan. Whatever happens, happens. But I very naturally just made friends with this group of people and we ended up hanging out and we'd do our landings together and we'd have dinner together. I'd have lunch of my own or or maybe with kind of randomers if, 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 you know, you got to know them or whatever like that. Um, Breakfast, always on my own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I always have breakfast on my own when I'm as well. well just, I'm just like, just don't talk to me. But like nighttime, the dinner, I'm, I'm like, let's all have a great time. But yeah. breakfast is a solo, a solo But you know what's interesting? And again, I never wanted to kind of feel like people were asking me to sit at a table with them for sympathy. But sometimes you'd like chat to people and they'd be like, we'll have lunch. We'll go for lunch together today. And I'd say, absolutely, yeah. And it was just a very natural thing. I remember a few times, because as you go into the dining room, uh, into the restaurant, you'd have to tap in. You'd be like, table for one. <laughs> um, and a couple of times at breakfast, there'd be a couple behind me and they'd say, oh, do you want to join us? <laughs> and actually I said, oh, thank you, but no, I'm fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. Like, because I just got a sense of something a bit, you know, 
sympathetic. Oh, here, I'll, I'll give you this laugh, actually, because on the very first night, I was having dinner on my own. And do you watch The Royal Family? Yes. So, you know Nana? Yes. So there was a woman who looked like Nana. Oh, amazing. And I was having dinner on my own. Happy. First night in the ship. I was so excited. I was actually, I was almost kind of emotional in a way. Not that I hope I wasn't showing it, but I was just sitting there going, oh my God, I can't believe I'm sailing to Antarctica and living my best <laughs> life. I had a glass of wine and it was amazing. And this woman came up to me and she was like, oh, are you on your own? And I said, and I was like real happy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Have you not found the right pass? Oh my goodness me. And I I just like looked at her dead in the face and went, I'm not looking. Oh wow. And she went, oh. And she kind of sh- scuffled off. And actually she was a bit funny with me then for the whole, we barely spoke. And, and I kind of wondered like, did she think about what she said and maybe felt bad? So I kind of wanted to try and make her feel a bit better. So I was like, hey, you know, I'd always say hello, but like mm. she was always really funny. Mm. But then that night, another couple, another older couple started talking to me, a lovely guy from the UK. And uh, he said, uh, he came over to me and he was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were chatting and he said, oh, we must, uh, we must, we must have dinner sometime. And I said, yeah, do you know what? Yes, I would like that. We, we'll do that. And I kind of said, look, it's obviously we're all on a very special trip here. So, and you're with your wife. So I don't want to gate crash and don't mind me because I'm really confident on my own. He was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I can see you're not needy. You're just a very likable chap. And I just went, oh my God. I nearly cried. I was like, such a beautiful compliment. Like, yeah. it's really nice. But so. it is, you know, this is what I kind of want this podcast to kind of do is to start changing perceptions around people yeah. being on their own. And, you know, there are, a lot of people are doing it by choice. They want to go out and have a meal on their own. You know, people aren't lonely sitting there, you know, and people just need to... I think, you know, be careful of the language that they use around that. You know, I was out for dinner with some friends recently and and one of the girls opposite me was talking about a friend of hers and she said about her, God, I don't know how that girl is still single. Like, she's, you know, how she's still single is beyond me. And I just sort of looked at her and I went, not that there's anything wrong with being single. She was like, oh, no, no, you know. And I I know people don't mean it, but like society is changing. We don't have to be part of a twosome or, you know, maybe we can be part of a threesome. (laughs) Ruffle, baby. (laughs) All right. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it, I mean, interesting that the people who said that to you maybe were, were of the older generation. Yeah, so. that is true. That is very true. And actually, just to, to, to go back and, and, and you touching it there, because I was thinking about it and, and you asked where there are other solo, solo travellers. It's very funny. I very naturally just made friends with this group of people and I gravitated towards them. We ended up having dinner and hanging out. And I n- noticed that there were other solo travellers on that ship mm-hmm. who... I very rarely saw with other people oh. or certainly dining with other people. And I, I did think about it. And, and yeah, even though your woman said that to me, my brain was still hardwired a little bit, kind of going, oh, should I invite them over? Or, you know, mm. should I? And then I went, no, maybe they're happy. Mm. Like, you know, maybe they're happy out. Doing, and even by the end of the cruise, I remember like towards the end, you know, the, or last evening, they were still sitting there having dinner on their own. And I mm. thought, maybe... Could I have, could I, and even, and again, yeah, I've been very conscious of your language, but could I have even said hello or just engaged mm. them in conversation or mm. just mm. chatted 
Um, and some people are introverts and some people are quite happy to be there on their own. Yes. Some people maybe would like an invitation. I think I think we, it's just we have to be conscious of, you know, uh, being kind and, and generous to people, but also accepting that people are perfectly fine on their own, you know? 100%. I mean, like I was recently out with a friend and she said, I, I need to go to the toilet. Are you, are you, is it okay if I leave you? And I just looked at her and I was like, you know, I've been traveling around Europe on my own for an entire year. Like all I did is sit in a restaurant. And like I'll be fine while you go to the toilet. You know, thank you you but it, uh, yeah. i'm okay I'm but like, like that I'm was 41 that, but, it's, but it's such a normal it's like something that people kind of ask you know yeah, it's like, yeah, um, yeah, like yeah. is it okay if i go to the toilet and leave you here like yeah, yeah. If, you know it's just the attitude i suppose I'm that we good. have around it i am fine um well you know before we touch on that still just to talk about the antarctica and just you know about that kind of the idea of solitude you you mentioned a few times on your stories just the the quiet oh, and Lord. the white and so when you embarked and you went on to land and you stood on Antarctica, I mean, like just give us a little um, wax lyrical, if you will, uh, Connor, about that. I mean, you can Google images of it and, you know, you can have a look at pictures and I don't know what kind of preconceptions I had. And yes, it is so striking visually. I'll never forget, even even the first day when when we woke up, it's two days across the Drake Passage and oh no that yes uh yes it is two days across the drake pass but i'll never forget the first moment where you look around and you can see the coast of antarctica to, and it's way off in the distance and it's like this it's so surreal because the sea is like navy the sky is blue and there's just this white misty mountain range in, in the center of it. And it's almost eerie in mm. a way. And you're looking at it going, oh my God, that's it. That's Antarctica. And then we went to bed and you wake up the next day and you're actually, you know, you, you wake up in a bay, you know, and, and you, you know, you're going to get off. And I say, I know, because I remember when you were going through the, the Drake shake or the Drake Lake oh, and, yeah. you know, explaining all of that. And I remember, you know, you going to bed that night. And I remember the next time when I saw your story popped up, I, I was like, <gasps> you know oh excited because I was like he'll be there now yeah. and then like clicking in and seeing it I you know it was just as exciting <laughs> no well, obviously I'm sure not just as exciting for you as it was for you but I oh, was so excited worst. and it's like and, and like that you can I think what I mean is you can prepare yourself for what you're going to see to an extent even though you kind of can't even though when, when you experience when you see it in real life just it's wild it's like this movie set it's like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. It's just, it's so striking when you see it. But the one thing I probably wasn't prepared for was the sounds. Mm -hmm. And one of the really cool things about the Roll Abmanson ship, MS Roll Abmanson, is the fact that it's a hybrid ship. And very often, depending on where you're sailing, if if it's like a, what's the word, a, a habitat for, you know, if, 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 if whales are in the vicinity, they'll switch into the hybrid power. And so the boat doesn't make a sound and it just glides through the water and you can hear the whales coming up out of the water and that, the, as they spout out, mm. they go, and then, and they, and I'm not even going to try and impersonate the sound, but they actually sound like something you hear in Jurassic Park as well, when they come out and they kind of call almost, there's that, there's the silence sometimes, there is antarctic silence which you can hear sometimes depending on the landing you might have a little bit of free reign to maybe take a to be fair and which is really really cool it's all heavily 
guided and you have to stay within because because you can't interact with the with the wildlife there. That's their patch. <laughs> can't That's make the, friends with penguins. You no. can't make friends with penguins. <laughs> they get the right away. Um, but having said that, they're kind of really. Um, what's the words they're really interested and they will come up to you you know they're not afraid but um so there is the antarctic silence that you 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 might be lucky to get to hear sometimes and then the maddest thing that i wasn't prepared to hear was the as the the glaciers as the ice falls off the glacier and it calves (gasps) and you hear it first and you look around but it's too late. It's happened. So you, I've I've only seen it a few times. I've seen it happen a couple of times, but to hear it and actually it was one of the stories that I put up. I had just heard one, so I did this story where I was like, "Guys, I'm here, and I'm after hearing the ice calf." And with that, another one went, wow. and it's it because it's such a powerful force of nature to hear it. It's really staggering, and it's. It's a moment where you stop it. It, it, it catches your breath when, wow. you, when you hear it. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, the sights are one thing, but the sounds. And the smells. Really? Penguins smell really badly. Oh, really? Yes, they do. Newsflash. Do they? Because they're like birds. They just poop everywhere. Well, they are birds. And they just, yeah, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, have you been to Antarctica? <laughs> um, they just poop everywhere and then walk it all over the place. So right. it's really pungent sometimes. Wow. Depends what way the wind is going. <laughs> wow. And so just obviously the penguins, you saw some humpback whales, like any kind of, like just so many different creatures. Humpbacks, orcas, um, penguins then. I I probably never knew there were so many different types. Mm. So we saw lots of gentoos, chin straps, um, what else? Oh, emperors. We didn't see king. Right. But emperors and king are kind of, they look very similar. similar. They're the ones actually that have the little yellow on them and they... Yeah. They're actually from the the penguin chocolate bars. Yes, they're either emperors or <laughs> pen, or, or or king. So we saw uh, emperors. What else did we see? You came then, home with one. I did. <laughs> I did. I stuffed one in my suitcase. <laughs> no little souvenir. I did get a little tattoo of a little chin strap. Nice. Who I've christened Kickass. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible! Not that I, not that I think you need anything to remind you of that amazing adventure, but oh. um, and then you went to the Falklands. Yes, yeah, which in itself, that was really interesting. Um, That was really interesting. Yeah, should we go down this road on the podcast? (laughs) Let's go there. If you want to cut it out, you can cut it out. How are we for time? Um, So it was really interesting. So like that on board, you're doing all these like talks. Now, my knowledge of the Falklands only came from... The Crown. uh, Pretty much. Pretty much of a recollection of what happened. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have a recollection of, of the conflict happening, but it was always just in, you know, in what's the phrase? Just in, in the zeitgeist. Is that the yes, word? Yes, Whatever. That's yeah. the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so we went to history talk on board before we got to the Falklands about the conflict. No, actually, not even about the conflict, about the overarching history of the islands. And there were a lot of UK passengers on board mm. of a certain age. And this meant something to them. Mm. And to be fair, the guy doing the talk was Chilean. And he, now, uh, and by the way, and I, he was super and it was so interesting. And probably, you know, to be fair, Chile has its own history with Argentina, which is, you know, that's their own business. Um, but to be fair, he did this really um, diplomatic 
step through the history of the Falklands Islands or the Malvinas, depending on, on what your politics are. And um, it was so funny. And, you know, at one point he said, you know, look, we're going to be arriving in the Falklands tomorrow. We're guests there. Just be aware that, you know, the conflict is still very raw and people are very patriotic and people are very patriotic towards the British mm. on the island. Um, and, you know, just be respectful. He said, for example, you will see a statue. He said there is a bust to Margaret Thatcher. And with that, some guy at the back started clapping. And he went, yes, yes, yes. And then with that, half the the other half of the, the British contingent in the room went, Ooh. and we're all on this cruise and the tension just immediately so I knew see, we had different excursions that you could choose from to do in the Falklands and I said oh, I'm, just, I'm not getting involved in this I don't care I'm going off to see penguins so instead I decided to do this two and a half hour drive wow. uh, to go and see King Peng uh, sorry Emperor Penguins an hour and a half of that two and a half hours was off road in a four wow. by four so my back was killing me afterwards but it was amazing to get to see the penguins wow. like, it was really cool wow yeah yeah, definitely uh, an interesting political, especially as an Irish person, um, to, to have to be in the middle of all of, of, all of that as well. And people, yeah, and, and one guy, and a really interesting, really cool guy who, who I touched on earlier on, he stopped me at one point and he said, you tell me, what what was the Irish opinion of, of the Falklands War <laughs> at the time? I was just like, mate. <laughs> I was only born, like I was only born in 1981. So I said, I don't know. And but anybody per- trying to take land away from the British was probably favourable in Ireland. <laughs> I said, but look, I said, we had our own issues with Margaret Thatcher in the 80s. So um, we were a little bit distracted and he went, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so look, um, it was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, anyone listening to this, what kind of advice would you give about anyone thinking about going to the Antarctica? Do it. <laughs> do it. Sell your car, sell your house, sell everything. Just do it. <laughs> I know. Look, um, if it's look, if it's in any way close to being possible, I think you need to do it. Yeah. And the lovely thing, and again, again, I can't keep saying this. It's not an ad. The <laughs> lovely thing about Horty Gruton is they are they are probably the most sustainable mm. way of doing it. So you are going to this place that is hugely protected, and. I certainly don't want to be the one who's going to go there and damage it or, you know, bring or carry something with me accidentally. Connor was here. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to be that person. And, you know, if you are like-minded in that regard, then Hurti Gruten are absolutely the way to go. Um, But, you know, if it's in any way possible, Mm. it's just, it's so special. Mm. It is so, so special. I would highly encourage anyone to do it you've in, you've included it all on your stories on instagram right if anyone wants to come and find you and sort of see some of your uh, trip yeah. yeah actually i think my instagram is i think it's private oh. not intentionally i should open it but look give me a follow and i'll <laughs> n- knock on the door and i'll let you in <laughs> We had Kelly Shatter uh, on. Um, I Kelly, love Kelly. Kelly uh, obviously was on talking about her one-woman play and how she teaches people to write one-person plays. And um, very excited to have bought my ticket uh, to see <laughs> your one-man play in May, um, written by Amanda Brunker. So tell us about how to leave your husband. What is it all about? Oh, my word. How lucky am I? Um Amanda Brunker has trusted me uh, to perform this play. And it is a super play. It's cracking. I don't know 
how she's after putting these words together. It's it's so beautifully written. And it, it is about um, Humphrey Prince, uh, a nurse um, who is in a difficult relationship and he is deciding essentially on whether he should leave his husband of seven years. And it's just his little thought process and his, his journey to to decide what's the best path here and how he goes about it um, and, and that little journey. And it's, and even for me, I'm sorry, I was going to say even for me as an actor, you know, I don't think of myself as an actor, but certainly within the context of doing this play. Why? You, know. you are an actor. Oh, I don't think I am. Well, see, I've always kind of been more in the, the, the amateur world, you know, and it's only kind of the rare occasion that I'd ever step into, you know, kind of professional uh, positions. But it's a lovely, exciting challenge now for me to to take this on. And again, we talk about this idea of holding space mm-hmm. as well, you know, to be able to, to create this space. Um, and so far, look, we're a few weeks into the rehearsals and, you know... I think Amanda's happy with me. Um, it's not a. I'm not. I'm not a complete disaster. Um, we're doing. You know. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've got this, and I'm just actually really looking forward now to mm-hmm. to getting it on stage. And and have you ever performed a one person play before? No, 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 no. Other than no. The, the funeral celebration, or you know that kind of thing that well, we talked about of yeah, again, <laughs> holding, holding I space. Guess, yeah, I guess we're back to that idea of, of you know just holding space. So. Um, yeah, it, look, it that comes with its with its own challenge, but but again, I just come to it with a certain amount of confidence that I'm like, look, yeah. I've I've got this. This yeah. is. It, I saw Kelly's play and it, it's just amazing how many different sort of characters, scenes she created that are so mm. vivid in my mind from literally just her standing on oh, that yeah, stage. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with you. And Oh, my <laughs> word. God, I no better pressure. finish learning my lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, just before we wrap up and, and talk, you know, we've talked about, you know, being happily single, being single by choice, you know, about celebrating singledom. And, you know, you're someone who I've always um, admired, I suppose, because as long as I've known you, you've never once said to me, you know, you really wish I was in a relationship or you've never once sort of, you know, talked about how sad you are to be single. It's always been something that you've really owned and celebrated. And, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's like, you know, I always just love hearing your stories and how happy you are as a single person, which is often a rare thing, I think, you know, to talk to people. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. And like you say, it it is something that's probably informed by other people around me because I do look, obviously, of course, I look at other people, whether they're in relationships or, or, or single but certainly of course I would have met single people who are just they've got one track and just one objective in life and that is to find a mate yes and that's the only thing that is that's the only thing that they've got going on and you're like you're like surely there's surely there's more yeah. surely there's more to life you know um that, that, that sounds like a negative judgment. There's no, there's no judgment, you know, but I just kind of decided a long time ago, you know, that's, that's not, that's not why I'm on this earth. And I do always, I always say to friends and I do, I do mean this and I think I believe it. I think I do. I do. I do. <laughs> like, I hope I'm open to it when it comes into my life, when it presents itself. I hope I'm open to it. However, 
it's not what gets me out of bed in the morning. No. And it's not, you know, because I have learned over the years that, my God, I'm doing well in life. I'm doing okay. Mm. I've gone from one job that I loved and when I stopped loving it, I, I let the universe guide me into a different job that I love. Of a nice home, of a car, I have the most amazing friends, and you're amongst them, Ariana. <laughs> but you know, I have such a lovely quality of life. Yeah. Why would I be stressed about about you know some you know having holding someone's hand? You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's fine. Look, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. But it, you know, yeah. it's not to be all and end all. Yeah. Um, so I have to tell you this. There's a musical called Company. I don't know if you know Company. It's written by the late Stephen Sondheim, who has become a hero of mine. Um, and he wrote the one musical. I love musical theatre. Mm, uh, but know. I don't know what it is I love about it. I just love the spectacle. I just love a good sh- tune. You know, I love a show tune. Um, but Company is the one musical that exists that Stephen Sondheim wrote. That I felt seen. Wow. So company is about... No, by the way, now I did t- say this to a friend who's into musical theatre and he went, God, Connor, that's very vulnerable of you to admit that. And I went, why? <laughs> and he went, well, Bobby is ultimately actually very lonely and he's, you know, looking at the world around him. And I went, oh, well, that's not what I mean. Um, so company is about this character called Bobby. And there's no real story to it other than it's a series of tableaus and it's him with his coupled friends. And he's just observing their relationships and and he's wondering, is this for me? Mm. Is this what I want? Mm. And you see all of the different dynamics between different types of couples. And I remember looking at it. And and again, it's the reason that I, I remember thinking I feel seen. The reason for that was because... In each scene, those couples either say or sing something to Bobby where I've been like, I've had that said to me. Mm. You know, oh, come here, I've got someone. I've, I've, I've got a guy for you. I've, I've got some. Wait until you meet him. Mm. You know, um, people trying to convince me to pair off. People telling me how great it is. People, how tell, people telling me it's terrible. Don't ever do it. Mm. You'll end up like me and have dreadful relationship you know you everything um and so yeah company to use a friend's reference um is the story of my life it should be called be your own windkeeper connor <laughs> <laughs> oh look i think you know what i'll have to get you on for another episode of this podcast down the line because i think this is a conversation that i really want to explore you know the whole idea of people always trying to couple the single person off i mean mm-hmm. i had a guy call me randomly one day from australia who I was like, hello, can I help you? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I was just being in a bar and I met your sister and she told me all about you and about you being single and she gave me your number. And I'm like, sorry, <laughs> oh, I'm a bit busy gosh. right now. I was like, what? And I, I said it to my sister. She was like, yeah, he was a really nice guy. I'm like, what? Like, in, 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 no, like, don't do that. Um, but this whole kind of, you know, I, I have had so many things said to me but it's I'm kind of triggered I've so I, as I said I have admired you for many years for the attitude that you have around your singledom it's something that I've had to let go of and I think I've let go of over the last few years this 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 need or want shall we say around yeah. being in a relationship and I'm so at peace with it now and I'm so happy
happy to be single and I'm so happy with the life that as you said the life that I have um is wonderful and yeah. and and will continue to be wonderful whether I meet someone or not and happily to happy to welcome someone into that life but they have to come into my life and yeah. you know and like that's you know it's 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 something that I'm quite triggered about now when I see so many Hollywood movies or Netflix TV shows where the the whole premise is about finding love or meeting someone and if you don't meet someone you're sad and the yeah. end of the movie is always that they're you know <laughs> being chased after at an airport to, you, know, <laughs> you know it's yeah. like I just wish there yeah. was some one movie where the person is happy at the end of it to sort of you know and, and it's not because she's you know going off traveling or doing something it's because yeah. she's just living her life and exactly. that's okay or he you know you know and we're do and we're look we're doing well like yeah and and, and you know you you've said that and and I, I, I see that. I see your life. And I, I feel this sincere confidence from you, yeah. which is part of why I love being in your company as well, <laughs> because you've got this sincere, beautiful energy oh as, as well as that, that comes from you. But that to use that word sincere, I've always felt it from you. And, and, and like that as well, the, 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 what do we call it? Our singleness. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of comforts in it. Mm, um, it's great. Yeah. I mean, 50% of Americans are single and, you know, like it's just not something that people are really kind of seeing as okay. It's it's perfectly okay. And, you know, we talked, I don't know, we talked about your potential celebration for when you're 30, 40, mm. 43. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to think about that now. I'm kind of a bit broke after Antarctica, so we'll see what I can uh, arrange. But I definitely did want to have some type of ceremony I mean, actually, my friends were amazing during the pandemic for my 40th and we were able to, uh, I mean, they pulled the stops out. We were able to have trips away and we had a couple of different trips and they were so amazing. So I do feel that my 40th was marked. But I do remember prior to the pandemic, eyeing up my 40th going, I would love to have everyone in my life in the one room together. Mm -hmm. I would love that because... Adult life is basically just having your friends in different corners of of your life. And some of them never meet Mm. because they're just different parts of your life. And you'd love to just get them together and go, this is the person I'm always talking about. This is, you know, this is Ariana or this is Gordon. This is whoever, you know. Which you get to do at a wedding. Exactly. Now, uh, so am I going to have a wedding? Well, it's kind of looking realistically unlikely at, at, at at the as we sit here right now um so i'd love to have an occasion where and it's not some kind of novelty thing where i marry myself but it's just and and by the way and i know from talking to you about this previously it's it's right now it's just this intangible just idea where it's a celebration of me (laughs) which i will be front row and center at i would love to celebrate you (laughs) i'd love to do it so i don't know how it works yet but i think being a celebrant it would have to have a sense of ceremony to it yes and i'd 
I think I've actually speeches, essentially... speeches, yeah. and you know, like poems and readings and songs and all of those kinds of I things. I think that so, are yeah. Personal to you, I think it's something that you know, as a celebrant and as someone, I think we need to create more uh, businesses for business for ourselves. And uh, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> if there's <true>. anybody <laughs> out there who wants to have a celebration of themselves, you know, I think that's something that we should do more often because you know I've been to a million engagement parties yeah. and weddings and baby showers and you know we don't very often as solo people get celebrated in the way that couples do and I think that that's wrong actually it is wrong and listen just to say to my friends you know obviously I'm always really happy to oh to, absolutely course, it's not a, it's not a us versus them thing no 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 but you know and, and we're probably at an age where we tend to find ourselves doing an awful lot of you're attending an awful lot of those celebrations whether it is a wedding or it is uh, a, a, a baby shower or you know whatever yeah. it is you do tend to spend an awful lot of time attending other people's occasions which is beautiful and it's amazing to share those experiences with your friends but then sometimes you do kind of go when's my celebration <laughs> yeah you know do yeah. i do do i have to have another significant other yeah. to have a celebration or can i not just absolutely you know be i celebrate absolutely myself? think you can and i really want this to happen i might even do one myself um you know and it's funny speaking of celebrations like my a friend of mine is getting married this year and i got the invitation just this week and for the first time in forever it had ariana and guest and i was like weird <laughs> I haven't had an and guest invitation in the longest time because and but I remember I called her up and I was like thank you so much for giving me the and guest but like it, I don't mind going on my own like yeah. I, I'm fine yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. if you need if you need space if you know if you need the, for the numbers like I'll know people there and even if I didn't I'm happy to chat to people like you know yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so but yeah even that was kind of interesting to me as well you know that uh, and do you find there might have been a time in your life if you got an invitation years ago that didn't have a guest that you'd be like well am I meant to go on my own <laughs> Probably, probably, and probably insulted about that. Yeah. That like, oh, they don't, they don't think I'm in a relationship. Or, and now, know. once you find, you know, <laughs> once you find your little kind of mojo in life, I'm like, Jesus, I'm 41 now, and just as soon as you find that, you kind of go, it does kind of flip around then yeah. because when you do get an and guest, you're like, oh, am I not good enough on my own? <laughs> Oh my god, we are funny creatures, aren't we? <laughs> I just you know you can't keep me happy. I'm always complaining. <laughs> um, well, you make me happy, uh, and I'm really, really, really glad that you come on a guest of the podcast. I mean, if you didn't, it would be really embarrassing because we did talk about you on several other Apparently podcasts, so. and uh, you know, so it's been such a breath of fresh air to talk to you about oh so many uh, solo experiences that you as I say sort of epitomise and celebrate and hopefully people listening to this podcast have been inspired to um, you know not only maybe travel to Antarctica but embrace their singledom embrace you know going out in business on your own and just you know being a fabulous soloer like you too can be like Connor Clear everybody <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much. But you know, just start start with a little two week holiday yeah, yourself. Just yeah. go on a holiday y- yeah. yourself and, and, and start there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> thank you so much. For thank you. On the podcast.